Christy's actually the one that you and her are very similar. Okay. The one about to join. So there's, as far as I know, there's going to be five of us, possibly six. Um, and two of you are very alike and the other two are very alike. And that's what intrigued me to even want to do this was, I think you were like one of the first ones from Ohio I talked to. Um, but then when I was, I'll wait for Chrissy to join, but like, yeah, when I was talking to her, I'm like, your story sounds like so familiar to me. <laughs> and then the other two I'm waiting on, um, they were actually trafficked together by the same people. Okay. But they don't know each other, right? They're not like, you know, they, they're like, you know, friends on Facebook kind of thing, but no, they're not like friends, friends. They don't, they're right. not like in recovery together, but they were in addiction oh. together and trafficked together. Okay. So yeah, that's, I was like, man, if I can get everybody in the same room <laughs> somehow and Chrissy, your videos aren't on yet. I, I think you're unmuted though. I don't see a little, we're getting there, right? That's why I wanted to start out at 1030 instead of 11, just to give us more time. Hell yeah. And then plus Miss Boudoir over here. Well, actually that girl messaged me last night and she was like, she started, she was said something about three o'clock and then said something about four o'clock. And I was like, well, so actually, we're, we're not, we're not rushing anymore then. Is what no, you're I, okay. I was like, well, actually we are set up for noon, but if you want to do it later, like that's cool. And she's like, yeah, that's cool. I was like, all right. Yeah. Okay, good. Then I, then we definitely have time. I literally just finished a two hour podcast with somebody smoked a quick cigarette and then started sending out invites and we're not even done. Like that girl needs a part two. We just got into 2018 when she got sober from cannabis. Okay. Like, so, um, cause she, she does a whole thing with Instagram, uh, with plant curing is her name. And she always does lives and, you know, all about positive cannabis and stuff like that. So I'll be actually live with her tomorrow. And remember that girl Tara that was on our four people, um, that smokes, I, that's how I met this girl originally. So they're doing a live tomorrow to focus on the show Dope Sick. And I'm going to hop on that live with them and to talk about the show Dope Sick with them. That show was so good. I know. Oh, my God. And we have and we have time to talk about it. If you because that show. I was so I watched every single week. Like I didn't binge watch it. I, I had to watch it week to week. I didn't want to wait to get any, you know, wait to find out. Cause you know, we find out we were, we, we did find out the hard way, you know, <laughs> about what Oxy, you know, does yeah. or did, but yeah, I mean, watching that show, it definitely, it made me almost feel better in a, in a weird kind of sense of like, okay, well, well, number one, I'm not alone, but number two, like they were trying to like hurt us in a sense, like Isn't it crazy. Like, and I, that's something I've been following, like, for years as the whole Purdue Pharma and the whole Oxycontin thing. And I'm trying to, like, push them and lying about them. And I'll be, like, talking to people about it. And they're like, this bitch is weird and crazy. Like, you know, and I'm like, no, this is real. This really happened. I think the most mind-blowing thing from that show that's the most relevant to non-addicts is, hey, did you ever go to the hospital and the doctor asked you on this scale, one to 10 of your pain levels? Everyone knows that scale of the happy faces and the sad faces. But I didn't know, did you know that that was Purdue until the show? I didn't know that Purdue implemented that just as a way to push Oxy. But it makes total sense now. Like, it makes complete sense now. But in the moment, no, I had no idea that, you know, that's what was going on crazy like, just to even think about shit like that it just it blew my mind and i i the hbo there's a really good documentary came out over the summer called crime of the century and that crime of the century documentary really focuses in on how the fda dude lied about all that shit and mm. how the fda you know that one guy was in the motel for three days writing up the you know how it was going to pass oxy and this that and the other so this documentary that's why it's called crime of the century because it obviously was a huge crime but by then the entire country was hooked on oxy and 
there's Chrissy about to join. Um, the whole country was hooked on Oxy. And now we now we're just stuck with it, even though they lied about it. You know, they didn't take it off the market. It's still in the market. Yeah, it's OPs. It's still in the market though, and Roxy's still in the market. And Roxy's are Oxy's with an R. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's in the name. You're so, not wrong. <laughs> I I preferred Roxy's over Oxy because I had less of a hangover. You know, and they were cheaper, and you could crush them. You know, yeah. because when I discovered that shit, it was 2008, nine, right around that time of when it was changing over. Does she need to be invited in? No, she should be in. Me? Yeah, I didn't have to do real very long. Hey. hey, I don't see you yet, though. Yeah, I don't see Yeah, anybody. because I'm not seeable yet, but I wanted to make sure. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I had good service in my house wherever I am. So, how do you. I'm not going to stay right here in this spot. Okay. Is this a good spot, though? I can, I mean, I can hear you. I don't know the spot you're in because I can't see it, but I can hear it. And <laughs> it, it's a, it's a mess. Yeah, I think it's an Ohio, I think it's an Ohio thing because Ashley cut in and out of me like 19 times too on like her three interviews. I think this is Ashley's number four time on the show. <laughs> dang, you, dang. Had, you had your solo one that was a two-hour one, and you're like. I have some more I have to tell you that I didn't get it. I'm like, we talked for two hours. What do you mean you didn't get into? I'm like, all right. Then we did that part two. <laughs> and that was another hour. So, and I, I'm glad you two are the first two to join since, Chrissy, when I was interviewing you, I kept saying, man, your story sounds so familiar. The other one on here already is the one that made it sound so familiar. Oh, yeah. You both got married in high school. You both, yeah, you both ran away. That's crazy. That is wild. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like, when I was talking to you, I'm like, I heard this story. You're getting married because you got married your senior year, right, Ashley? Yeah. And you ran away to do it. Yeah. And... <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> And oh, called I, my mom after, like, what's up? I just got married. And she was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Dude, are you me? And I said to Chrissy, I was like, did you drive three hours to do it? She was like, nine. How did you know? I'm like, oh, my God, that's what Ashley. <laughs> she must have went to Kentucky. <laughs> right before Kentucky. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you did, you did go down that way, though. It was down south, yeah. That that is so funny. It's it's funny now looking back. I mean, not in the moment. <laughs> and I'm sure, hey Nicole, we all know what you all have in common is Ohio. You're all born and raised in Ohio, addicts in Ohio. Um, now, Ashley, you want to tell a little bit about yourself? Um, I'm Ashley. I live in Tiffin, Ohio. Uh, it's in Northwest Ohio. I'm like 40 minutes from like Finley. Uh, my drug of choice is heroin or opiates, I guess, because um, pills are my thing before I got to heroin. Uh, also, Xanax is a big one. Um, right now, I've been in recovery since August 7th of 2019. Um, and I don't know. What else you want me to say? Um, okay. No, that's, that, that's basically the real basics to start off. And Nicole, how, let's start off with you then. Where are you from? You know, drug of choice, that kind of stuff like Ashley did. Um, so I'm from Johnstown, but I ran in Columbus. Um, my drug of choice is heroin, heroin and crack cocaine. Um, but really it just depends on the day. So whatever I could get on the day, that's, that was my drug of choice. So yeah. And how long have you been in recovery now? Um, almost four and a half years. Four and a half years. Okay. And Chrissy? My name's Chrissy. I'm from Dayton. I grew up in Riverside. And then I live 35 minutes west now of Dayton. My drug of choice is amphetamines, alcohol. I used to do um, pills, but when I got introduced to amphetamines, I kind of got out of that at a younger age, so I was pretty lucky. The um, other th I, good. No, I was. The other thing I, re I just realized you all have in common is sex work. 
um, is something because Ashley, she told me that part two, how you were going to Chicago to, you know, meet people. And I know, yeah, I knew you, I knew you were going to react to that. Um, and Nicole, you were mostly around Columbus, right? Like you were pretty centralized. And if we can get Molly on, I'm not sure, but Molly also, you know, you and her haven't really spoke that much in recovery, but unfortunately by the same people you were trafficked. Yeah. Um, because Molly reached out to me when she saw your episode and then, you know, that's how we started talking. And then she eventually did hers too last month. Um, did you ever get to go to Chicago? Me? Uh, yeah. No. Mm-mm. I stayed in like Columbus there, you know, like Lancaster, pretty much that. And then, I mean, there was like small town business that I was sent to that you were sent to now Chrissy when you would go to Chicago were you going to Chicago in addiction for sex work also yeah um well I never really looked at it like that because I wasn't in the club working you know but recently I'm like um holy shit you know what chatterbait is yeah okay so I've met um actually a boyfriend I used to date and I would meet guys or girls and off of that website but we would go there and set up shop and film um yeah okay. I never really thought of it like sex work but it's stuff that I get paid for go to Chicago for that but um when I in 2013 when I was bartending at the strip club I was also meeting with guys after before even for a few hundred here or there depending so and that's yeah. stuff like I had actually forgotten about until like after our conversation initially so many things came like how I got like in recovery in 2014 when I realized I had a problem I don't know I'm always in new recovery because I'm always figuring out new shit about myself that's got to recover yeah it's, it's one of those things where it is an ongoing that's why and I respect people that say recovered you know you go to meetings and you hear people say I'm I'm a recovered alcoholic I can I can respect that. It's in the book. It says recovered like 15 times. But I will not say because I am constantly learning new shit and constantly changing changing how that I'm working this. You know, I don't feel I think if I was to do the same recovery for that many years, I would be bored to tears. You know, I need to change things up. I need to mix it up. I just can't be dangerous about it. Right. I can't do something dangerous like start hanging out with people that are getting high just to prove to myself I can do it. I don't need to do that kind of thing. But <laughs> right. it's you know, it's just a matter of understanding that it is not one way of being sober. There's not one way of doing this. Like this would be so frowned upon three years ago. Like when I first got in recovery, I talked about, you know, doing this like with my sponsor, like my first sponsor, like, hey, I would love to talk to people like this. Like a podcast. I can just talk to people. He goes, Oh, that's breaking tradition. You can never do that. You can't you can't talk about this. I'm like, I can't talk about it. I need to talk. I, I want to talk, you know, and now COVID, I think, changed everything for, for the good in this, because I didn't know that there was such a huge recovery network, you know, on social media is like I met two of you on Facebook and one of you on TikTok, you know, and it's just a matter of just being on there and seeing people posting about their journeys now. It would have been so against traditions years ago. And I think COVID made everyone so bored at home and so trapped. And we didn't have meetings to go to anymore. So we felt like we had to talk somewhere because I think talking is what keeps us sober. It, you know, like more than anything. And Nicole, you're shaking your head a lot down there because you've been in this more, you know, just long as not longer than any of us, four and a half years. Um, do you feel like yours is constantly changing? Um, so honestly, I feel like when it comes to like drugs and alcohol, I can say like I've recovered from that. But when it comes to like still, um, working on like my habits and actions and getting out of like the stinking thinking part aspect, um, I'm still recovering. I'm still growing. I still need to learn. So the growth comes with it. Yeah, that's what that's what I mean. And Christy, I'm seeing that a lot with your TikToks and how they've been changing. Like, you, it's almost like 
you're I definitely haven't seen you grow more and more even since we put out your episode it's almost like your comfortability skyrocketed yeah especially with like people wanting to know like I have I don't know people have always reached out to me like hey you know and said things about me but now they're like holy shit some now, I, you know, some people want to be nosy, but some people are like, holy shit, like, I've been through that, or... Yeah, I wasn't sure if Katie was going to be able to join. Um, now, I didn't really get into it with Nicole. I'm sure it happened in your line of work, or you, actually either. Um, but, Chrissy, you also dealt with a lot of, like, sexual assault trauma, too, right? Yeah, from, and physical abuse, for, like, um, since the time I was born my I was born into a domestic violence situation and domestic violence is a huge part of my life and it's like crazy to see how it's changed like how it's treated um it really impacts like your executive functioning until you get out of that it's hard to heal so I was constantly my whole life like finding it's like addictions to like not only that but chaos and wrong wrongful men and women even and you know what i mean it's yeah but, it's it's when the chaos calms down that it gets scary because you get addicted to the madness of the chaos yeah it was like my norm like you know i see my dad tie up a woman and he would never lay a hand on me i've seen him tie up a woman and beat her like while i walked in but um these are things that you know we just keep inside and you know wonder why the heck at 13 14 you know and even our own age is that why you wanted to get married so young and leave yeah my mom couldn't wait for me to leave my mom had me at at 36 I don't know if she meant to have me but my parents met and they knew each other a short time before they got pregnant and um so she always wanted me gone and so my high school sweetheart well he wasn't my sweetheart I was just cheating on my sweetheart with him he was like my bad guy take me away <laughs> he joined <And> the army <laughs> when I was a senior. Yep, and that is somebody else's story. And Ashley, I believe you also were trying to escape your senior year. And did you like a fella in the army or the military as well when you were 18 in high school? Yeah, I was right when he got out of the military, though. He had just got um discharged. But he had like hella money in the bank. So I was in high school and I was like, that's so cool, you know? Um, yeah. What were, you, so, what were you running from at 18 then in senior year? Were you just running towards the money or running from something? You know, at that time, it really was just, I was still just having fun, I thought, you know? Um, and that was when... I had just started doing uh, like perks and stuff. So I really, really liked them and I needed more money to do them. And yeah, yeah. Let, let's figure out the years now. So you're, how old are you, Ashley? Right now? Yeah. 30. 30. Okay. So it was 12 years ago. So it was 2008, 2009 when you got married. Christy, when did you get married at 18? 2009. I didn't, know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> and Nicole, how old are you again? I'm 32. Oh, shit. Okay, so you, you, all three of you really went through it at the same time. Yeah. In the same, so like, cool. vicinity. With the same, we're, now, Nicole, were you same running drug. from something? <laughs> were you running from something at 18 as well? So, um, <laughs> I guess, like, I got pregnant when I was 17 in high school. So, um, I finished high school online, but, um, I was, just, I wasn't really running from anything. I think like the most impactful thing from my like younger years would be like my dad and addiction. So wanting to know why he left and doing things to see like, okay, so this is what he's doing. Why is it more important than his family? So just, I don't think it's running from anything. It's more like running towards something to see, to figure out why he left. You were, you were running towards trying to find a solution or find an answer. You were looking for answers. You were running to look for answers 
and me and the other two were just like, fuck it, I'm out. I got my <laughs> I got my GI Bill over here. And <laughs> Chrissy's like, I got my new man military and I'm gonna go follow him. That yep, that B A H and all that. And Chrissy, you landed in New York State though, right? You didn't stay in Ohio. You you left the state for a little bit. Yeah, I left. Um after I graduated, I moved to New York. With that guy. New York. And then yeah, how long? Ethan. And but when you and then you came back, but you got right back into drugs again when you came back. Like, and you is it because of your work that got you surrounded by drugs and alcohol? No, I was on drugs when I was in New York because I had met these friends, and that's when I got introduced to like ecstasy, Molly. I tried heroin, um, but I had snorted it, so it wasn't really my thing. Um, but I was I didn't have access to pain pills or Percocets or Xanax anymore. Um, so when I came back to Ohio, I had access to all the Xanax and everything I want. I came back to Ohio a year after I moved there in 2009 when he deployed to Afghanistan. When did you both get divorced? If you both got married in 2009, when did you both get divorced? Because spoiler alert, everybody, they both didn't make it. <laughs> They're both still not married. We're so. best friends, but. <laughs> but how long? Go ahead. I got separated in 2017 and moved out to my on my own. And we got officially divorced in 2019. 19? Ashley, yours happened quicker though, right? Uh, well, we separated in like officially in 16, and then he had divorced me finally in 18. So, nope, not as quick as I thought. Yeah, that's so you both went on now. Chrissy, were you getting drunk and high with your partner too? Was he like, and not were you guys enabling each other? Because I know, Ashley, you guys went on a run together, which is why it ended so. Yours ended really bad with like domestic, you know, fucking violence while driving, right? That's what that was you that was that was hit while you were driving. Me? But I, yeah. 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 I talked to somebody that was with their husband that hit them while they were driving, then divorced them subsequently after or left them subsequently after. Okay, that was you. Now, did you have to deal with the same kind of shit, Chrissy? Yeah, my ex and I, um, we there's a lot of snow. There was nights that we would be, I had actually punched him and he was on top of me and his blood was all over me and the neighbors called the cops. Um, I wonder why. Yeah, they were just looking out, you know. My dogs were in the bathtub, my pit bulls were in the bathtub like this. It was horrible and there was a few of those times, uh, just even with just alcohol involved. Yeah, alcohol is the worst drug out there when it comes to, because it's so acceptable so easy to get everybody's okay with somebody saying i'm gonna go drink everyone oh have a good time it's the weekend you deserve it you know so that kind of yeah and then it you know but then the problem is we over drink way much when we're alcoholics um now nicole you didn't really have those kind of relationships because you were you were being trafficked from how when 19 is when that started yeah that's what i thought okay and that went on until you were how old again? Um, 28. 19 to 28. But you had different relationships with different traffickers over the years, right? You you bounced yeah. around a bit? Yeah. So, um, like, when I first got pulled into being trafficked, I was actually dating someone in Columbus. And he's the one that introduced me to... Um, the escort service that I was, I started working for. And um, then like after that, I didn't really date anyone because he wanted all my money. They wanted all my money. And I was like, what about me? <laughs> so um, yeah, I mean, I had different relations with different traffickers um, and even women, you know what I mean? So it's not just men that do that. And yeah, I was pretty violent. I mean, um, especially if you didn't do what they wanted or brought back as much as they wanted you to. Yeah. Now, you were part of an escort service. I know, Ashley, you were part of an escort service too, right? At one point. No. no I just I went, thought... I went to Chicago with a dude. But that dude was taking you to Chicago to meet another dude. Yeah, to meet other men. 
Okay. I mean, okay. if you want to call that an escort sir, it was just it was just him. Oh, it was him. Okay, I see what you're saying. And Nicole's was more of like actually like an escort kind of thing. Christy, is that ever a thing too in the clubs? An escort? I feel like that comes from the clubs. No, that, no. Yeah. Well, I was more shell- like I grew up in the in the strip club when I was ten. My sister was seventeen and had started stripping. And then bartending, and she's worked there for since then, until um, she got on probation. But so I had my 17th birthday in the club, so I was I'm more protected by the my elders, um, like. But I would find my own ways to meet up with people. Yeah, I see what like you're my, saying. Like my sister wouldn't let me dance. Like she punched me out in the eye one time, blacked my whole eye when I was 18 trying to get a job. You know, like, so I had to deal with her riffraff. So I, I couldn't, I don't know. Now, the other thing, I'm not just going to talk about the bad stuff. I want to talk about good stuff, too, because you all have different ways of being sober. Um, You know, Chrissy, you use TikTok, like, a lot, we know. Like, you know what I mean? But you talk about your stories so openly all the time on TikTok. Like, every day is a few posts. And then, Ashley, you deal with the nonprofit, um, Ohio Four Can. Is that what it is, right? Four Can. Ohio, Ohio Can Four Okay, Ohio Can Four Can. Okay. And Nicole, you work with what group again? Um, you- they're called the Butterflies, and it's a little program you get accepted to after you finish um, your court programming, which is called Catch Court. So um, we do meetings every week. We do events once a month and like we get our kids all together and, you know, reach out to that. And then I also like make sure I do donations for like other women in the uh, group that we're in for like their kids, for their grandkids, making sure they have what they need. Just putting myself in places that I know I need it whether it be like on my own or with with a group of people. And I think it's important to kind of show that none, you know, none of you are like AA big book thumpers and that's how you're sober today. It, it's you're all just still sober because of support. You're finding support with social media and you're finding support in your communities through other kinds of like what do you guys do um in your nonprofit Ashley where you help out? Uh, well, we have, uh, we do, we have AA meetings, NA meetings, and then we do like all around recovery, like support groups. If you're not with the whole higher power thing, uh, we do a lot of fundraising. All of our money goes directly towards helping people in recovery, helping people find recovery, family members, um, like for Christmas, we do a lot of, um, Christmas gifts or we help pay bills for Christmas, all that, like. Just pretty much anything we can do to help, like, that's all we do. And they're the ones that helped you get this right this last time, right? They're the yeah. ones that helped you. And then... Yeah, and the 12 steps. I won't, well, I won't yeah. say... That, 12, yeah, uh, I did work a 12-step program, and actually my sponsor is, um, she runs Ohio Can, so I got lucky and met my sponsor as a sponsor in AA, and then she brought me into Ohio Can, which also helped me, yeah. Yeah, and Nicole, you you found sobri- like sobriety similar, right? Where yeah. um I have worked the steps and I used to go to meetings. Um and I was on the Vivitrol shot like so all of that my first 2 years of recovery and now I'm still like in counseling, mental health meds, like making sure I take care of myself and self-care so I can take care of others. Yeah, I think it's important people to know, like, you know, just because we miss some meetings here and there, it doesn't mean that we're not working our recovery at home. The beautiful thing about when you learn how to, when you learn the steps the correctly the first time, you'll know how to utilize them for the rest of your life. Even if you relapse. I remember when I relapsed with drinking and I was still doing daily 10 steps every single day. You know, I, I firmly believe I didn't drink alcoholically for nine months when I relapsed with drinking because I was so indoctrinated with the steps that I was so concerned with my gratitude list every single and and checking in every single day with what I was doing and how I was doing it. I wasn't drinking daily in that nine months, you know, it was occasionally and I was 
always so just like thinking like I don't want to. And then as soon as I drank alcoholically, I was like, all right, now I got to stop again kind of deal because I caught myself right away. And it's about being that self-aware. And that's what the kind of the steps kind of teach you is to be self-aware, is to kind of look within yourself and be self-critical and not get upset when you are like overly critical with yourself, because as addicts, we're empaths. And as addicts, we're also the meanest motherfuckers to ourselves, way meaner to ourselves than we are to anybody else. Um, Did you work the steps, Chrissy? I can't remember. We talked about a Um, lot, but. No, well, I did when I first in 2014 in the attempt to save my marriage. I went to the a program an AA meeting at my church, but I started doing yoga and I did a metabolism reset. So I detoxed, and that's when I like made cooking my meditation at that point. But then like that kept me sober for a while, and then journaling kept me sober for a while different things but it's never been I've never worked a program but I have been self-aware of you know when I relapse like anybody that follows your TikToks knows how self-aware you are (laughs) or watches your lives because she goes live while she's like just doing makeup and it is I'll stop in just to bust your balls, just to like, <laughs> because we actually have a conversation when I'm commenting. And then there's the guys, show us your ass. Like, what color are your eyes as you're looking at her eyes? Bro, they're fucking brown right now. What do you mean, what color? Right she's now, not... yeah. <laughs> like, I want brown eyes so bad. She's literally this far from the screen, and you're asking what color her eyes are? You're further from your phone as you're typing it. You know what color they are. Stop being weird. Weird. <laughs> 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 uh um okay so now what was i now now i'm lost okay so i definitely wanted to cover how you have a lot of similarities is there anything that you're curious about each other that you know with other parts of ohio and how things worked in other parts of is there anything that you want to ask each other curiosity questions when it came to what was it like this place what was it like with this what was it like with that like that kind of thing because that I find cure that I find interesting myself personally do you guys have kids this episode is sponsored by MJ's Progress Not Perfection Meeting Center Association we are in our meeting center where we do all these meetings for mental health and addiction I can do this podcast anywhere. I can do this at home. I can do this in a closet. I can do this in a basement. It doesn't matter. All I need is somebody else to talk to about addiction and recovery. What I can't do from anywhere is help people with their addiction and their mental health problems. If you can help out, you know, we do have a Venmo. We have a Cash App. We have a PayPal. We have an address you can send a check to. And, you know, all the money that gets donated goes towards rent, goes towards keeping the lights on, and goes towards keeping the internet on. So please, you know, if you can get five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, it doesn't matter. Anything you can is so appreciated. And if you are a local business, if you're a national business, whatever, and you want to be a part of what we're doing, you know, you can reach out to me and we can talk about how you can be a sponsor. But I'll let you get back to the episode. So I have a, she'll be 14 in March, a 14 year old daughter. And then I have a six month old daughter. So, So yeah. You have one from high school right before you got an addiction. And if I'm not mistaken, somebody um, took uh, the parental rights, you know, took over pretty quickly for you. Yeah. So um, her dad has custody of her. But um, so since I've been back in her life, I have really like because I worked with a sponsor, because I worked the steps, I my thinking was ease yourself into it because she might tell you she's okay with you back around but feelings might come up so ease yourself into it for four years I have done the duck waddle for them and um really not just for them but making sure that she's okay with me back in her life and if she ever has feelings arise she can talk to me about it so um we have an agreement to that I get her every other weekend and every other Wednesday. Well, my weekend falls on Christmas and he doesn't want to give her to me. So I was like, okay, 
let the like pray about it, just let it go, get her the day after Christmas. And I spoke with my daughter and asked her, like, do you want more time with me? You know what I mean? Because we have a really open relationship and yes, I'm her mom, but it's like a really strong friendship too. And that's what I love about our relationship. So I'm in the process of getting shared parenting because um, I feel like I have proven over and over again for four and a half years that I'm not going anywhere, that I'm here, that I will always be here for her. And yes, I made mistakes, but I can't change it. So yeah. if anything, you're showing her that it's so people can mess up and then redeem themselves and still be great people. Right. So her and her dad were talking and he's like, you wouldn't hold a grudge if like your kid's dad just left them. And she's like, no, I wouldn't because my kids would need their father. I would get over my feelings for my kids. And I'm like, you tell him. <laughs> you can teach A very smart 14 year old right there. Right. Awareness. Your kids absorb what you are. Like, you got to keep it real. How old your old is Christy? She just turned nine. Nine. And, okay. Yeah. The, the difference is, you know, Nicole had, you had your kid like right before you really jumped off. And then you had your newborn like when you're really, really sober. And Chrissy dropped a bombshell. I think Chrissy was hoping that somebody else had a bombshell like she did on my show of like the baby coming out and it not being who she thought it was, the dad. (laughs) (laughs) Noticeably, noticeably, if you know, and she goes, oh, yeah, I worked at that Mexican restaurant and I relapsed. (laughs) So you can do the math on how quickly she figured out. But I figured it out. And then my ex-girlfriend like started dating the guy I thought it was so she's like super close to me throughout this whole pregnancy because we think it's this guy's but go and find out like my ex-boyfriend he's pretty much been my boyfriend my whole marriage at this point isn't that awful um we had this one night I was just drunk and completely forgot that I made a stop on my way home from work with my suspected baby daddy you know I was got drunk with him, and then dr- that part just completely slipped my mind. And you know, leave it to your toxic sister to be like, his nose. His <laughs> nose doesn't look like any of your noses. Like I just don't <laughs> recognize the nose. But I, I love my sister for you know she's done a lot for me. She did pedicure my toes. Um, she didn't mean any harm by that. But you know, somebody's got to keep it real. So wait, the same sister that introduced you to stripping basically was the sister that blew up your spot about how your son definitely wasn't your baby dad's son. Yeah, but she didn't do it intentionally. Okay, okay. She was like, <laughs> like, it's just funny. It's funny to me now. Maybe it's not funny. But well, no, funny. it is funny. No, no, we can. The further we, I feel like anything, any kind of trauma, especially um, the further we get away from something, the easier it is to laugh at it, and the more therapeutic it is to laugh at it. Because uh, if you don't start laughing at it, it means it still has control over you. You know, if you don't start laughing at it, it means it's still hurting you, and it still has that effect. But once you can laugh, it means that you're okay with it, you've accepted it, and you know it is what it is. And all I can do now is just laugh at the absurdity of my life was in that moment. Because yeah, if you don't start do- laughing at it, it's going to get really hard. I do feel guilty I've exploited my son, but he is amazing and just like me. And I manifested him in sixth grade when I was dating this guy named Josh. And he had this best friend who was like tall, dark and handsome. And I'm like, I want a little boy that looks just like me, but looks like him. Like he's so handsome to me. I think one of my favorite things recently was, so Chrissy was on about a month ago. We talked originally and she told me that story about, because she worked at a Mexican restaurant, so the kid came out half Mexican. And so, but, you know, she tells me the story, and then I'm watching her on live, like, two weeks later, and your son comes running in the room, and he definitely looks like his father. And I started dying laughing, because I immediately thought of, yep, that is definitely not his son. And I think I even DM'd you. I think I even messaged you after that because I couldn't stop, like, thinking about, like, how funny that was to me. (laughs) So funny. No, but my my ex-husband, that is definitely his son. He's his daddy's son. My ex-husband is an amazing father to him. He doesn't treat him any different. 
I mean, like Amelia heard me say something about Ezekiel the other day, and she's like, "What do you mean by that?" And I and I haven't had that talk with them yet. Your daughter. Any of them. Well, you. Any how many kids? kids how, got... how many? How many? How many? How many of those kids? Like, how many? You? How many do you have again? Two. Two. And your daughter is younger or older? Older. She's nine. She's nine. Okay. And your the her dad helps you raise her and your son yeah he does like he's an amazing dad um we do everything 50 50 like there's no child support in our divorce decree we you know is, is and that's is, who you live with right i who live with li- yeah who do you, who's the guy that you live with when I I saw a guy walk into your room the other night and talk to your son about you know wanting candy or some shit. Oh, that is he doesn't live with me. <laughs> That's another for another podcast if you're interested, <laughs> ladies. <laughs> that's one of my that's my support system. That's my camera okay. man. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying now. Yeah. Okay. On that note. <laughs> And it's almost like that thing of we're always finding different ways to recover and be happy and settled in our lives and be healthy and communicate. Um, but yeah, that is so funny. That and yeah, that's right. Your daughter. Do- I was I was watching that when your daughter said what, and you were like, oh yeah, Mexican, and your daughter said what, and you're like nothing. <laughs> you change. Yeah, was- <laughs> you change the subject so fast. So yeah. We are a little I, Spanish, but now you are. <laughs> now you are. Either way, like between you, like you're all doing different things, but at the end of the day, you're all still doing things for yourselves. You know, you're and those things for ourselves that used to be so self fulfillment with just all about drugs and alcohol. And now it's definitely more about like how can I live comfortably without like the drugs and alcohol. What do you think, Nicole? Like, I'm going to end it. I'm going to ask you all, like, what do you all think is the most important thing for your recovery today to keep yourself sober and, like, happy in your head? Nicole, you can go first. Um, so for me, it would be, like, I'm a big advocate on um, counseling, talking to somebody who has no opinions on or like influences from anyone else that's around you. Um, And then obviously family and friends staying connected. And um, then like, I guess like my kids, you know, like when I feel down and I feel like, oh, I just want to give up. I look at them and I'm like, I can't, you know what I mean? Like I cannot let them down again. I cannot let them go like I'm here and I'm not going anywhere because you have a six month old now and is that right around the time that you walked away the first time um no so my oldest daughter was like three or four okay yeah but um I will say like from six months on is a very hard like stage until they like start walking and crawling she's teething she's crawling backwards but she just wants to be so independent and I'm like oh my gosh I'm so stressed out (laughs) so I'm like I need a meeting (laughs) yeah yeah well that's yeah the meeting I'm glad you still have your meetings that you can hit you know and talk and plus there's obviously huge everywhere on like Facebook I know that's where we met originally um what about you Ash what are you doing all the time? Because you're always doing something. I know I always see a post about your the nonprofit you're part of. And I know you're in a new relationship, you know, can, since the last time we talked. And I know how happy you are because you post about how happy you are every single day. And nobody posts how happy they are unless they're genuinely fucking happy. Um, so besides the new relationship, you know, has that gotten, well, actually, has that had any kind of effect on your sobriety and meetings? No, okay. he doesn't live here, so he's like not here throughout the week. And that's when I go to my meetings is throughout the week. But um, I was gonna say the number one thing I do is make sure I take my mental health meds, cause if I don't do that, then everything else really falls apart. And um, I was gonna say self care. I always make sure I get my nails done. Um, 
I take bubble baths all the time because that makes me feel good. Um, but yeah, about um, my new relationship, number one, he's sitting here, so he probably thinks we're weird with some of the shit we talk about. And, uh, he's dating so- you. He already knows that you're fucking weird, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> so it is. But like, it's weird, like... <clears throat> Being in a healthy relationship, like not, I guess, I don't know, me, like, I don't, okay, like, I'm crazy, but I'm not, like, an unhealthy crazy, you know what I mean? But, like, I always feel like I date dudes that are, like, crazy, like, in relationships, they're crazy and stuff, and then I'd be like, dang, dude, like, I take medication, like, you need to take some medication, you know, but, like, it's not like that, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, you finally decided to not date who you used to date, the same kinds of people, you know, it's like doing drugs over and over again, you know, like, (laughs) oh, I'm going to do crack instead of cocaine, or I'm going to do cocaine instead of crack, it's like, you're still getting fucked up, so (laughs) maybe, (laughs) maybe just don't do either, so I think you dating him is like you changing up a drug, it's, you're not doing the bad drugs that are hurting you, you're doing the things that are fulfilling, you know, because I always see how you post how he is always doing things for you and not to you. And that's a huge difference is that that one word of for you, you know, he's always willing to help you and make sure you're good. And I think that having that support is a huge thing because I know, Nicole, you have an amazing relationship now. Yeah. So I was going to say, like, with um, her talking about her relationship, like, I self-sabotage my relationship so much because he's such a good man and a good father and always there and I'm like something's going on he's hiding something (laughs) I don't trust him what's really going on and I get in my head about it and (laughs) I self-sabotage all the time and it's just like I'm trying to find how to build trust because every man I've dated and and not even men that I've dated but it all leads back to my father like not being there not being able to trust him and being in relationships where they're like oh I love you and then they're out sleeping with someone else it's like how do you go from being in these toxic relationships and only seeing men a certain way and then going into a healthy relationship and trying to change your views on things. And it's so hard. Like, how do you do that? How do you find the trust? How, you know, I'm just, but yeah, he's great. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I didn't even put two and two together until I looked down. I was like, Oh yeah. Nicole has a husband. That's like a normie. And you know, it was totally a game changer for her. So I know it is possible for you to change your hat. And it is like, you know, the drugs, you know, the toxic relationship. Our drug of choice was a toxic relationship. The men that you dated were toxic relationships. So it's about finding a healthy, stable relationship with either your higher power or the steps or the rooms or meetings or cooking or yoga or whatever you're doing, it's about a healthy relationship and not doing it in a way that's self-detrimental, that's going to hurt you and take you out again, take you out of your head. And Ashley, you're well on your way. Nicole, six months of proof is already down there crawling backwards <laughs> that you're on your way. And what about <laughs> what about you, Chrissy? What are you doing for yourself? Like, you know, I know I already mentioned TikTok, but what else are you doing? Yeah, staying connected, working on my nonprofit. Um, I've been helping, well, I've been being accessible to a lot of survivors who just want to tell me. Tell about your weekend last week. Talk about last weekend for me. Tell them about last weekend. uh, Last weekend was amazing. I was so nervous, as you probably can suspect, that I was like, oh my gosh, what if they don't like me? What if I don't like them? And it's funny because Tiffany kind of went through the same thing. Um, I had challenge after challenge with my car getting my oil changed and then they drilled it I don't know what they did but I need a new oil pan so my car had to be towed on Friday night Um, my license expired on my birthday in November (laughs) so I couldn't rent a car Um, my friend's car was not an option because they're working on something and 
I was so desperate. I reached out to my son's biological dad, like, can I borrow one of your 25 cars? Like, I ask him, do nothing. I have nothing to do with him. We're really good friends, like, when we see each other. But I thought I wasn't making it to Columbus. And I'm like, you know what? I am going to make it. I just. And you met with survivors. You met with um, sexual assault survivors, right? Yes. Katie and Tiffany, who are actually the first two people I found on TikTok. And I'm like. Oh my God! Yeah, those their like, their stories are so powerful. I'm letting them like their their episodes are coming out Tuesday and Thursday because I interviewed them last week. Um, but holy shit, you know I you know the fact that you know and then Christy, we didn't even get into your shit yet because yeah. like, you just like blacked out and word vomited like like you said, and we still got to do a part two for stuff that we didn't even get into with you yet like. So how was that kind of support in person as opposed to via TikTok like it had been or social medias? It was live like 2K5, the goosebumps were real, the energy, the connection. We're like, you guys, we have to make TikToks because people, you know, we want to show people how far like being authentic and true and in recovery and with your support people, how far it can go. But we were so connected in the moment um it was hard to focus like and then when we met up with Trashley and Jackie um it was they're seriously the most genuine sweet people that I mean you you feel like you know people because you follow them so we hung out and it was like nobody had a phone in sight in their hand like it was true powerful connections um I can't even explain it. It was, it was like, you know what, this is what being true to myself and admitting, Hey, yeah, I, I, I need to work on this. I need to stay sober because this is affecting this part of my life. Like all that, like you're in alignment with your life. You're going to meet the people you need to meet. Yeah. Like you it could actually so see it. It wasn't via your phone anymore. You were connecting with these women face to face and realizing oh yeah that's that's why i don't drink anymore that's why i don't do drugs anymore it's because of these connections are my drugs now and i feel that even connected with all three of you you know as i got to know all three of you you know that's the shit that kept keeps me sober you know my numbers aren't through the roof i'm i'm no joe rogan you know what i mean it's not like i'm getting millions of people that listen to every episode but i'm getting these messages from random people that they're watching and they're listening and now they're sober and they're binge watching my show on YouTube and I see that they are because I can see the numbers and I see that they're watching one after another, just one view at a time. And to me, that's more powerful than having millions of people barely scarcely watch you. You know, I had um, and she's probably watching right now. I don't even know who she is. But all of a sudden I was tagged in, in the comments section of one of my favorite comedians, John Mulaney. And John Mulaney's doing like this giveaway and it's a close by show he's doing. And um, it said, if you know somebody that should have their own comedy special, tag them and we're going to pick a winner, blah, blah, blah. And this person tagged me and said they should name their special. This is an AA with a question mark, because that was my opener as a comedian. When I would walk up like, oh, I'm JD. I'm an addict. Oh, I'm in the wrong room. You know, so but they still thought of me. And then they commented under saying, sorry, I tagged you and it's randomly, but I'm a huge fan of your podcast and I love what you do. And, you know, it's that kind of shit that keeps me going but really it's this right here that's not even out yet this episode is not out and airing yet but getting the chance to connect with people and talk to people is how i stay sober you know without having these constant connections i did a two-hour podcast before i even did this one with somebody else down in florida and you know i'm going to talk to her for another hour tomorrow on her show on her instagram so you know that's the kind of things that keep me sober and, and honestly i think you have covid to thank for it which is weird to say, but again, we couldn't do any of this pre-COVID, like talk about it. You know, TikTok blew up during COVID. That's when people started really talking more about their, you know, Chrissy, you know, in the last year or so, right? Well, I'm one of those people, like when COVID happened, it felt, I was like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this time to be normal and and live in this chaos where everyone's freaking out. And I told my therapist, I'm like, I just feel so at peace and relaxed. I've been waiting for civilization to fall. And she's like, you're just used to chaos, girl. Um, But anyway, (laughs) so 
<laughs> everyone started doing TikTok. I couldn't do it because everyone was doing it. But this past September, August, um, that's when I was like, so you can do other stuff on TikTok besides, I don't know what I thought it was, but this wasn't that. I don't know. Um, you thought it was just people dancing and doing weird dances and stuff? Yeah, I didn't know what I thought it was. I thought it was a lot because there's, it's, it's it is a lot. Cool. It is a lot. Let's be real, though. It is a lot. And the algorithms are dead on, though, you know, and it's a scary thing. Like today's episode is this guy, Josh, and he has to take breaks from TikTok because it shows him so much ADHD content that it gets into his ADHD head that it's like overwhelming for him. And he has to, like, just shut off the app for a little bit because he gets overwhelmed by it, which, you know, the algorithms are pretty much spot on when you're going through there. You can try your best to curate, you know, your own feed, but they're going to show you what you need to see in that moment because it's they're good. So connection, I think, is so important. I'm so glad we all got to connect for a little bit today. I know chaos trying to get on here and figure it out. But, you know, some of you like that kind of thing, you know, talking to you up there. (laughs) So and I don't know how this. Yeah, I don't know how this is going to play out in the final grid. So either way, it could be confusing to the audience. But I'm so glad we all got the chance to sit down and talk, you know, for a little bit and get to know each other more because I talk to a lot of people and, you know, but still, whenever I hear certain things, they always like ring true and they always remind me of other things. So and as I kept hearing Ohio, 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 and like I'm not even from fucking Ohio. I've only driven through <laughs> Ohio. You know, I've never even like been to, like I never even stayed in like. I've driven through Ohio like nine times in my life, and I don't think I stopped one. I stopped one time, and that was like a Burger King. I was trying to have it my way, you know. Besides that, <laughs> besides that, I don't know anybody from Ohio, but yet I have some now really good friends in Ohio, and that I talk to all the time about recovery, and that you know been really good guests on the show and returning guests on the show, and probably come back again. You know that's. But it's about that connections that it makes me look forward to my sobriety. You know, I don't look forward to getting fucked up anymore. I look forward. I know, Chrissy, you were super excited to do this. And I know, you, Ashley, you were too. Like, I'm sure you were, Nicole. But, like, you know, I just talked to those two more because, Ashley, we're always just sending memes and shit. <laughs> like, so, you know, it's, it's about that connection, though. Even sending a meme to somebody is connecting. It's like, oh, I know, I, I know this person's going to enjoy this. And instead of sending them drugs, you send them that dopamine hit of that laughter. And that's that kind of shit I get high off. And I make people laugh. And well, I did before, but not even more. Make people laugh and make them genuinely smile. Not smile because you know you're supposed to. We don't laugh anymore because we know we're supposed to. We don't smile anymore because we know we're supposed to. We genuinely are fucking happy now. And I think that's important to showcase to other people is that we do recover we are recovering every single day and we're talking about it and all four of us are recovering out loud. And, you know, it's a really beautiful thing to be able to be like, no, this is who I am. That's who I was. I'm okay with who I was because who I was made me who I am. Definitely. You know, all of us today wouldn't be who we are without our past experiences and our past traumas. You know, a lot of those things teach us lessons that we don't know we need to learn. And some of us are so fucking stubborn, it takes us a long time to learn those lessons <laughs> in the moment. But thank you so much again to all three of you. I really appreciate you taking the time and just sitting down and just bullshitting for an hour with me. I really appreciate it. It's so fun. I love this, but guys. Have an awesome so nice weekend, day, holidays, and hang in there. And if anyone, all your... If anyone wants to give out socials to be connected with people and people want to reach out to anybody, I know I'll make sure the nonprofit stuff's definitely in the description um, for all of you. Um, So, yeah, just reach out to any of us. We're here to help. We genuinely like helping people. That's why we recover out loud is so people can see their story in us and be able to know that they can comfortably talk to us because we've done some fucked up shit, too. All four of us are not angels, you know? (laughs) But we hope to just help other people just to be more comfortable within their lives because everyone does fucked up shit. No one's comfortable. But when you start meeting people like us that are just be like, no, I was an asshole. No, I did that. Yeah, I was a piece of shit. I did that, too. They're like, oh, I can say that and be okay. Like, yeah, it's okay. You can be your worst. But awesome. (laughs) 
Thank you so much, girls. Have a great weekend and holiday. And new. I think this will be out New Year's Eve or that week. So I'll let you all know before it comes out. Obviously, you guys know how I am by now. So have a great day. Bye. All right. Nice to meet yeah. you guys. Bye. Peace,